Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to another Work Human Radio. My name is Mike Wood. I'm your host, and I'm joined by a co-host today, Sarah Payne. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Mike. Oh, Sarah, today we're going to be talking about lawyers, which normally I am terrified of lawyers. And I still am because I'll just let you know that we have to say the following disclaimer for this podcast that this presentation discusses legal developments and issues which are intended for informational and educational purposes only. The information contained in this presentation is not intended as legal advice and it should not be construed as legal advice. So now that we said that, we got that out of the way. What are we going to talk to Jessica Childress about? Employment law, sexual harassment, discrimination cases, all the hot button issues. But what's interesting about Jessica is she's all about how do you create a culture where you don't even get to legal issues? You know, you have a culture where people feel included and they feel safe speaking up. So that's what we talk about. Build that culture of respect, right? Mm -hmm which is a work human culture. And actually our work human conference is coming up in a couple of months. Hopefully we get to meet a lot of you listeners there. I'll be there on site doing some live kind of broadcasting for the podcast. Sarah will be there as well. And Jessica Childress will be there. What's her uh, session titled? HR's role in responding to Me Too, creating a culture of anti-harassment and inclusion. Good. We need that. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in WorkHuman, visit www.workhuman.com and get your ticket. And we hope to see you there. But in the meantime, enjoy this kind of sneak preview into what Jessica Childress is going to talk about. So first off, I just wanted to welcome you to WorkHuman Radio, Jessica. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here. So we're really looking forward to having you at WorkHuman in March. Can you tell us a bit about what led you to employment law and specifically sexual harassment and discrimination cases? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, I'm very, very excited to be joining you at Work Human in March. I think it's going to be a great conference and we'll be discussing issues that I'm very passionate about. I became an employment lawyer because I love the idea of advocacy. I also went to law school to become a civil rights attorney. And I think employment law has many aspects of civil rights, especially when you think about sexual harassment and discrimination. You are giving a voice to people in a workplace who have felt oppressed or that their rights have been trumbled upon in some way. And so being an employment lawyer really gives me the opportunity to speak up for people who do feel like their rights are being taken away in the workplace. And so I'm very, very passionate about these issues. And being an advocate, I think that they're is no better place to be an advocate, especially in this day and age, than in the employment law space. I think there are many, many issues of civil rights that come up in employment law. And so that's really what led me down this road and has kept me here. Yeah, I love the connection you make to civil rights. And, you know, to me, it's just an obvious, like, this is something that we should be doing is protecting our employees. But If you look from the company side, you know, a lot of times we're looking at financial risk. So aside from it being the right thing to do, you know, what are the legal and financial risks for companies that don't get ahead of harassment issues? Absolutely. Well, I've worked on both sides of the table for many years. I represented primarily management and now I represent mostly employees. And I think that 
you can have a voice and both sides of the table. From a management side, I think that, you know, when you have an employment law litigation, that can totally disrupt the operations of your company. You really want to stay on top of issues of cultural problems in the workplace because those cultural problems can lead to litigation. And litigation is costly. It's time-consuming. It's a morale drain. And the way to prevent a litigation is to stay on top of issues of harassment. If you think that there's an issue that is affecting diversity and inclusion or the cultural values of the organization in an adverse way, management really has the obligation to stay on top of those issues because financially and from a morale standpoint, it can be totally disruptive to the organization if the organization has to defend a lawsuit. And so since Me Too gained traction at the end of 2017, we've seen many leaders in the entertainment industry exposed for sexual harassment. What has the impact of Me Too been in other industries? Yeah, Me Too is totally not specific to the entertainment industry. I think that the entertainment industry, it's obviously perfect for good headlines, but Me Too and sexual harassment affects every industry equally. I think that, you know, using cases out of the political sphere, in the legal industry, in the aviation industry, every industry is affected by sexual harassment. And it's up to the leaders in these industries to say, you know, we're not standing for this anymore. Both the women and the men in these industries have to stand up to say, you know, we are no longer going to tolerate a culture of harassment or a culture of silence. And so that's not specific to the entertainment industry. It really is a moral imperative for leaders in every industry to stand up and say, you know, time's up. Mm. And I know we'll have a panel about that at Work Human this year. So everybody who's listening, stay tuned for more on Time's Up. But, you know, in many cases, the abuse continues because nobody speaks up. Even if they witness unacceptable behavior, you know, they might not be the ones doing the, the harmful behavior. But, I mean, you talked a little bit about leaders. I mean, whose job is it to create that culture of anti-harassment and inclusion? Is it HR? You know, I think I do put an emphasis on leaders, but it's up to everyone. You know, there can't be a bystander effect. And I think that's where companies have the obligation to train everyone in the organization, whether it is interns, whether it's volunteers, whether it's a CEO, everyone in the organization needs to be trained and feel empowered to speak up. It's really not easy to speak up. I think when I talk about it and when other thought leaders talk about speaking up, they talk about it in a very cavalier nature, like, you know, just something that's second nature. But it's actually very, very hard. You know, I'm a lawyer, so that I've been trained to speak up through oral advocacy and through writing advocacy. But it's not easy for people who don't have advocacy as their job to speak up on behalf of others. So we have to really empower people who don't have a background in advocacy or just may not feel comfortable. We have to empower those people in all strata of an organization to feel comfortable going up to HR or to a manager to say, or to the harasser or the person who 
it's obviously making another employee feel uncomfortable and say, hey, that's not cool. You know, I didn't like your tone in addressing her. I just think that you should, you know, not use that type of tone or not use that type of language when addressing her or him. And so this isn't a man-woman situation. The obligation to speak up on behalf of anyone who you feel is being treated unfairly is incumbent upon everyone who works within the organization. I love that. And it's it's so true. It's This is not men versus women. Exactly. So last month, and speaking of this, last month, Gillette released an ad that addresses the important role that men play in responding to Me Too. So how can we think about men as being part of the solution here? No, I absolutely love that ad. I think it does a great job in addressing accountability for men because I think historically men have faced the brunt of the allegations of sexual harassment. And there has been a culture at many organizations of men not saying the right things or acting in a way that's appropriate with respect to the way that they treat women within the organization and their power structures that have supported men being able to perpetuate unlawful behavior or inappropriate behavior. And so I think with that background in mind, men do have to understand their role. They have a very, very important role in saying, hey, that's cool when they see another man doing something that's disrespectful or just not in line with the company's values to a woman within the organization. I think men being advocates and partners in this Me Too movement is critical. And I think many men have stepped up to say, you know, if there's something that I'm doing wrong, tell me and please tell me how I can help you. That advocacy and that partnership is just so important in keeping this movement alive and changing company culture. So speaking of culture change, you know, company values can do really important work here. So can you talk a little bit about how they can play into that culture change? Yeah, of course. Culture is critical. Culture guides every step that an organization should take. And if companies haven't defined their cultures well, you know, I think that they can be susceptible to harassment allegations. A company's values are extremely important. Companies should have diversity and inclusion and respect at the core of their values. And if they do that, there really is no way that if they keep in line with those values of diversity and inclusion and respect, there's really no way that they can allow behavior that doesn't comport with those values or behavior that leads to allegations that someone's been harassed because respect and inclusion are not congruent with harassment. So company culture should play a huge role in the way that companies address harassment and the way that they address people within their organization who've been accused of harassing another individual. So I wanted to close with just a quick preview of your session at Work Human in March. Sure. Well, I will be talking about the next steps in the Me Too movement, how we create cultures of inclusion, and what companies from the intern to the CEO should be doing to create a culture of inclusion so that we don't have any more Me Too allegations, or at least that we can, you know, combat Me Too in a very, very strong manner and keep the movement going to bring awareness to these issues. Well, I'm definitely excited. I think it's such an important topic as as we talk about bringing more humanity into the workplace. We're talking about all humans, men, women, all races. So 
very excited about that. Absolutely. I'm very excited too. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. Thank you, Sarah. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at WorkHuman March 18th through the 21st in Nashville. Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2019.